way, people. Thursday, 22nd, 2023. Welcome to Counterspin. It is the winter solstice. It's going to get cold from here on in. So put your uh, warm and wet weather gears on and stay safe out there. Joining me shortly is Mary Byrne and um, Kane Titchener. Got to get that right. From Fluoride Free New Zealand. That's fluoridefree.org.nz. So go to that website, get all the information, download it. It has a lot of information and resources that you need to know for the upcoming subject. Before we bring them on, let me just do a bit of uh, updates. Our good friend Napoleon Bush has made it his mission to create 1,000 Counselor Media Cups. Let me show you how it works. There you go. Got V in there, by the way. Um, and he's got Gail on the old press, of course. They started today, and they're starting to rack, pack, and stack them. So anyone who wants uh, to enjoy a Counterspin mug, Email merch at counterspinmedia.com to get yours today. And, of course, um, we have extralife.co.nz. That's extralife with an X.co.nz, where we have the Spike Detox uh, affiliate program. Um, because, as we know, the jab's not doing any favors for anyone. The shitting is actually bad. It's been proven. We did follow the science, and it turns out, once again, all you conspiracy theorists who stood out against it were 100% right again. Speaking of conspiracy theories, when we bring on the fluoridization uh, duo, they will prove that once again, they were right, and the government and all those drug pushers are wrong, because it's pretty much what it is, and it's not good for you. They'll be explaining that shortly. Um, we're also going to look at a whole series of questions for them, uh, the latest reports. We're going to ask about adverse effects of fluoridization we're going to actually get into the real science of things and we're going to have it broken down you can decide for yourselves where you go from there um but it is a hands-on thing it doesn't matter what knowledge you have you must actually roll up your sleeves get out there and actually start doing stuff if you want to change anything and education is the best way to do it real education with real facts and evidence unlike the agenda-driven propaganda pushed by mainstream media and of course the government who's hell-bent on destroying you and subjugating your life pretty much sums it up Okay, what else we got? Oh, and to all those people who emailed us over the last two episodes, we did cause a lot of controversy, of course. Uh, overwhelming support. Uh, thank you very much for that. And the few quite angry little people who have um, emailed in and basically said, we're not supporting you anymore. I've got this to say to you. We're about facts and evidence, wherever it takes us. You're all for freedom of speech until someone disagrees with what you say, and then all of a sudden you're not into our freedom of speech. Well, I tell you now, that's not who we are. We are not for the faint-hearted. We will tell you what's going on, whether you like it or not. We don't tell you what you want to hear. We tell you what you need to hear. So if that puts us offside with the majority of people, so be it. Go and get brainwashed somewhere else. Go and get your news somewhere else. It doesn't really matter. This is for people who are action-orientated, who actually want to bloody well reclaim this country and see let it go to hell in the handbasket, which is exactly what's going on now. And we're watching the political field at the moment. It's in a it's in complete disarray. A lot of people are saying, you know, we're dividing the freedom movement. Um, 
the freedom movement's never been united. Let's 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 face it. You need to be on the truth bandwagon because truth brings freedom and it brings integrity. That's why we shine a light in all the dark spaces. That's why the little cockroaches run when we turn those lights on, especially government, because you love us taking down the government. Cheers, pom-poms. But as soon as we start holding our own side to account, which we damn well should, all of a sudden it's not a good thing. You might have to ask yourself, what's wrong with you in order for you to take that position? So keep it locked here. We'll be back right after this with uh, Mary Byrne and Kane Titchener. Hydrofluorosilicic acid, commonly known as fluoride, is a waste product collected from the chimneys of the fertilizer industry. This fluoride chemical also contains traces of lead, aluminium, mercury, arsenic, and sometimes uranium. It is banned from being released into the air, sea, lakes, and rivers because it is toxic to animals and the environment. Instead, ratepayers' money buys this toxic chemical handled by workers wearing hazmat suits like this. This fluoride is what goes into our drinking water. Find out the facts. Visit fluoridefree.org.nz. Marianne Kane, welcome to Counterspin. Great to have you both here. Of course, Fluoride Free New Zealand, fluoridefree.org.nz. Again, people go there, lots of resources there, lots of information you need to know. Okay, you two, I've got to ask a question. I've got to ask it right off the bat. Are you guys conspiracy theorists? Because everything we've heard about fluoride is that it's really good for you, and um, you guys are nuts. What's the story there? Kane, I'll start with you. No, actually, we've been the ones telling the truth for a very, very long time now, and even that example that you just, uh, that ad that you just played there, Calvin, um, the, the phosphate um, fertilizer process mining um, happens because we've got um, phosphate rock, which is fluoride rich. About 4% of um, phosphate rock has actually got fluoride in it. And what happens is sulfuric acid is added to that rock and two toxic gases are given off to remove the fluoride. And what happens is hydrogen fluoride and silicon tetrafluoride, the two toxic gases, which are too toxic to go into the environment, into the air, are captured in what's called wet scrubber chimneys. And what happens is there's a roof on this chimney with um, water droplets come down capturing the, the vapour and the solution at the bottom is called hydrofluorosilicic acid. Now excess silica is removed from that solution and that is what is going into, directly into the shared public water supplies in New Zealand. Now this is this is um, obviously unbelievable. So, so we put that ad together and we had some feedback around that in terms of an ASA complaint. And Mary's going to go into the details of, around what happened there. Yeah, Mary, well, well, so you had a complaint about your ad. Was it upheld? Was it struck down? Yeah, no, well, we had quite a few complaints to the Advertising Standards Authority because um, a lot of people thought that what we were saying was a conspiracy theory, you know, and it just sounds so outrageous. It sounds so outrageous to think that the councils are literally taking a toxic waste and putting it in our drinking water. So they can't, as the ad said, they can't dump it in the sea, the rivers, the lakes, the land, um, and they have to, you know, capture it because it's polluting everything around it, around those um, factories. And then they, they cut that off and they just drip feed it through our public water supply. So, um, you know, there's because that's the truth, we were able to argue that with the Advertising Standards Authority and they had to accept it. So the complaints were not upheld and that's on our website under, we've got a tab, New Zealand Info, and there's a whole lot of things in there. One of them is Advertising Standards Complaints. 
So when we've had complaints, we put them up there so people can see what were complained about, how we responded, whether that was upheld, etc. So let me get this straight. It's a toxic poison that they don't that they can't basically get rid of, you know, in landfills or anything like that. So instead, they put it in the public water supply to use us human beings as organic filters for it. <laughs> That's basically what's going on. We, we're yeah, like the sponge that catches the rubbish and the rest of the liquid goes through. And yet mm. we urinate. So surely it's got to go back out there anyway. Or is it because the most toxic part stays in us? Well, 99% of the water that we that comes into the household actually goes down the drain anyway. Now, so, um, and 50% of what we um, consume ourselves goes into our soft tissue and bones. So 50% is actually excreted through our urine, as you've just said, um, but the, the remaining 50% is bioaccumulates in our soft tissue and our bones. And that's a that's obviously a major concern, and we'll, we'll go into those details. Yep, sounds good. Okay, we, we need to get into the adverse effects of what, fluoridization of the water does to us because we would be lied to you know everyone says follow the science and when you do and you arrive at a different conclusion than the government's trying to push down your throat um you're all of a sudden a conspiracy theorist even though you have the facts and evidence to back it this seems to be the same with fluoride because i know people have been trying to um stand up against fluoride for for years court cases have been had and all that and why do the judges always side with these pillocks in government or the health authorities? I'll answer, any one of you can answer that one. Yeah, oh, so I, I think, I think they're captured. And, and I think also they're like a lot of New Zealanders that don't want to look into the information properly. They want to go along with it all. They know that it will affect their reputations if they were to be honest and, um, rule in the in the right way um yeah i think things like that what were you going to say kate yeah so i think it's we're trying to change an orthodoxy and you know these things take they do actually take a long time to 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 change so if, if you look at the example of lead you know they there was research emerging research coming out in the, i think it was the 1970s um and 80s about um, lead's neurotoxicity effect, and that's um, Professor Needleman's work on that. And then he was vilified for that, right? And then 20 years later, the research you know, just continues to roll out, and then we end up um, a situation where the Ministry of Health continues to defend, to defend lead right up until 1996, and then they decide the next day, oh, we should probably take it out of the paint and, and lead it petrol. So, and then 20 years later, we get a study... Um, in 19, uh, 2016, that confirms that it was actually lead was lowering the po um, population IQ by four IQ points. So this this is sort of seems to be about a twenty year lag with these things to actually yeah. work to come to, to come to fruition. The exact same thing when it came to smoking. Remember, smoking was cool. It was in every movie, Hollywood movie. It was in it was in the bars. You know, chicks would go after guys because they're having a cigarette. They look cool. I know, I certainly did. And um, and yet people were saying the nicotine's bad for you, the smoke is killing people, it's causing cancers and a whole list of uh, adverse health effects. And the scientists, ready-made, had these uh, non-peer-reviewed studies to say, no, it's safe and effective, look. <laughs> Even pregnant women can smoke. And now 
like you say, years later, mass lawsuits, mass payouts. But by that time, they've, they've made trillions. And yet they push death on people on a daily basis. They profit from it, and no one's ever held to account except maybe a fine every now and then. I think fluoride is hidden the yeah. same way, is it not? Mary? I should hope so. It would seem that it is. Um, when fluoridation started, it went to the highest levels of the US government because, um, well, there were sort of two things. One, the aluminium industry had realised that it was, you know, they had a problem with it being a toxic waste and they were getting sued. So they were trying to figure out what to do with all of their toxins. And this this sort of random dentist had found that some areas with higher amounts of fluoride, he thought they had lower dental decay. That all unraveled in the end. But um, that sort of started the ball rolling. And then um, fluoride is one of the major components of the A-bomb. So what was happening then was the workers were all getting exposed and and having bone problems and all, all sorts of health problems. And also around the Manhattan Project, cattle and people were falling ill and wanting to sue the, the government. So because the Manhattan Project was so important to the Americans, the um, it, went, it went right up to the top echelon. So it was the atomic bomb program, the Department of Defence, Human and Health Services, all, all of them at the top, they all got together and um, decided to jump on this thing of it being a nutrient because prior to that, everybody knew it was a poison. So they jumped on this thing of it being a nutrient and and helped the aluminium industry to propagandise it into this dental miracle kind of thing. So it, yeah, it's been going a long time and it, it, a lot of it was because of the court, this court cases Back in the USA, people getting sued. That was where the real money was. And that's what they would, were trying to deflect, which they did do. They did yeah. deflect it because they turned it into a nutrient and it, then it seemed preposterous because they were putting it in the drinking water for people to say that they were being harmed by fluoride. So it's basically the same tried and tested propaganda machines at work that brought you the Pfizer jab, you know? 2021, safe and effective. 2022, died suddenly, but all of a sudden, that's not from the jab, of course. That's from falling asleep in front of your TV, uh, a referee on a, a field blowing a whistle, um, uh, just everything other than the obvious. They, they're trying to teach us to have cognitive dissonance, you know, to sort of not, to don't believe our eyes and what we're actually experiencing. Instead, take on what they're saying, which is exactly what the fluoride debate's all about. But, of course, we don't want to wait 20 years to save people. We've been harping on about the jab from the start. Counterspin has been ahead of the curve on everything, telling everyone what's going on. And that's why we were more than happy to bring you on here for the fluoride thing, because it's the same playbook being played out with yet another chemical to attack us all. So um, because we don't want to wait 20 years, we want people to get out there and get educated now. Before we go into the actual science and the reports and your examples of the facts, the real facts and evidence, what can people do to help? They've got to roll up their sleeves. They've got to get stuff done. Kane, where can they go? How can they help? Tell them about the meetings and how they can get involved. Yeah, so we have got a mountain of information at fluoridefree.org.nz that people can just 
plough through at their leisure and really learn all about this topic. So there's quite a few documentaries and information and, and um, reports and all sorts of stuff, and it's, it's right up to date. It's the latest information on fluoridation in New Zealand and, and the world, actually, um, of what's going on. And you'll see there, you'll see an events page, so fluoridefree.org.nz backslash events. And if you click on there, you'll see a whole lot of events that are being added up and we're adding to that all the time. So what we're doing is we're putting on a combination of public talks, which we're sort of expanding on um, the, the latest science. Um, fluoride is the new lead is the topic of those talks. We can go into that detail shortly. Um, but also we're speaking to community boards and councils throughout the country. And what we're doing is we're putting pressure on at the local level, at the community board level. And people need to understand that we can still make an impact at this level. The community boards in the country, a lot of people are not aware of them too well, and they can actually um, be quite powerful when they pull together. So one of the things, one of the strategies that we're doing, um, I'm, on, I'm actually on the Tiamatu and Kiki community board myself, and what we're trying to do is rally the community boards across the country, go and speak to as many community boards as we can, and get them to sign up to basically um, a remit where the the latest research, the National Toxicology Programme report, will be discussed. And that's the key. So we need people to go to the community boards and raise it as an issue and, and really bring it up. That's So that's what's going on and how people can help go. Yeah, it's very good. It's like the US, they started a precinct strategy where they started taking up the school boards, they started taking up local count, their equivalent of local councils, um, and all the way up. So they had the grassroots part solid, and that was the part that was where the rubber meets the road type thing. So no matter what comes from the top, you still have to have it implemented by the underlings. And if the underlings can stop it there before it flows onto the people, that's a very good uh, way to do it, put a, a strategy to cause a roadblock there. So yeah. I agree. That's, and of course, some people say, oh, but they're all rigged and all that sort of stuff. They're only rigged because you allow it to be. You yeah. see, it's just like voting. Oh, I'm not going to vote because, you know, um, I don't believe in it or or I'm not a person, blah, 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 blah. That's all fine. But the idiot down the road who's quite mentally challenged is going to vote and he's going to decide, decide your future. Why? Because the government controls the threat of uh, the threat of, and the use of force. So, they will be dictating to you regardless. You, you can go off in your little lifestyle block and you can, until they come for you, of course, then there'll be a problem because you wouldn't have helped the rest who are getting taken out earlier on. So this is a united thing where you don't have to be united because that's a fallacy. If you're all pushing in the same direction, you'll want the same thing. It is going to happen. So get in behind this because if intelligence is, social intelligence to me is more important than academic intelligence. Academic intelligence is what's running the world. How's that working out for us? It's not. Common sense people need to get back in vogue. And the way to ensure that happens, stop them getting dumbed down. Fertilization is doing that in spades. And to prove that, facts and evidence only as counterspin, we're going to now delve into a little bit of that now. So we've got a few slides that you guys can talk to. Uh, Mary, I'll get you on first. Uh, we'll bring up uh, slide number one. If you can just talk to that and tell people about What's actually happening here? You know, the science behind it, uh, which they can find at fluoridefree.org.nz. As um, Kane said, there's a lot of resources there for people to go. And they, if you have an arguments with your friends, 
just lay the smack down, get the reports, put it down and say, argue with that. That's the science. Not the pretty little package of poison that the government's trying to sell you. Remember, all you got to do when the government tells you something's good for you, you know damn well it's bad for you. All right? They're always pushing an agenda. So they're telling you fluoride's good for you. Trust me, it's going to be bad for you. And these people have the receipts. They have the proof. So we'll bring up slide number one. And Mary, you can um, talk people through what's happening with children and everything and whether um, fluoride actually works. Yeah. Um, so which one's this? Oh, is this the age five? Age eight. Oh, sorry, year age eight. eight. Year eight. Okay. Yeah. So this is from the New Zealand Dental Statistics. Now, this, um, as we know, most kids go to the school dental, you know, the school dental nurse, et cetera, yeah. and they collect all of the data for that. They've been doing it since about 1990. So we've been able to see over the years how dental decay is tracking in New Zealand. All of these spreadsheets are on the Ministry of Health's website. So what we can see here is, so, and what they do is they give it to us, they give us a total, but they also give fluoridated and non-fluoridated. And they give the amount of children that don't have any dental decay, and then they give the average number of decayed, missing or filled teeth. So this this chart here is um, the number of children without any dental decay. And so the blue line is the non-fluoridated areas accumulated and the red line is the fluoridated areas. So what you can see is that really there's no difference. There's yeah. no real difference uh, in dental decay rates for the year eight children. And the, um, the next slide is actually just for the uh, age five and it's just the same thing. So, I mean, this sort of thing, you know, should stop fluoridation because if it doesn't work, then why are we bothering to do it? Yeah. So um, what the proponents of fluoridation do is they try and rely on little studies that have not, not very much data in it, and then they'll say it's like 40% reduction in decay, but when you drill down and you look at it, it will turn to be out to be half a filling. But in actual fact, um, with the latest, with the uh, Director General of Health directing councils to start fluoridation, her letter, or it was actually Bloomfield's letter, because he sent this directive to 14 councils in his last week in the job as Director General of Health, directing them to start fluoridation. And they say what they've relied on to make this decision to order a council to start fluoridation. And what, one of the things they say, there's only a few things that they say that they rely on, and they only have to really look at dental health. They don't have to look at the whole body, which seems, yeah. you know, pretty weird. But anyway, they, they look at the Cochrane Collaboration. So the Cochrane Collaboration is considered to be the gold standard in science because it's independent. At least it, it, it was. There's a little bit around that these days. But um, so in 2015, the Cochrane Collaboration looked at fluoridation. And in their summary results, they say, oh, fluoride, you know, it does seem to reduce dental decay. But then they say, but there were actually no good quality studies. And all of these studies were before 1975, before we had um, fluoride toothpaste anyway. So then they have a whole list of things that they say, we don't really have enough evidence to say 
Um, we do know that it's increasing dental fluorosis. It doesn't, there's no evidence to say it reduces inequalities. There's no evidence to say it's good for adults. Um, there's no evidence to say that once a place stops fluoridation, that dental decay gets worse. So that's actually the science that the Director General of Health is using to say that fluoride reduces dental decay. But it, it doesn't really say that. And then those charts just show that when we look at big lot of data, the biggest lot we can, because there's about 45,000 children in each of those age groups, there's there's no difference. There's no difference in the rates. I'll tell you what yeah. I find um, glaringly obvious in a lot of these studies is the lack of um, extras that they should be looking at, low decile areas, people who feed their kids a crappy diet because that's all they can afford. Because let's face it, poison is cheap and healthy is expensive. And it almost seems deliberately so. If the government actually gave a crap about people, it would ensure that organics were supported to the hilt and junk food and that was the more expensive to sort of train people to start eating healthy. But they don't want a healthy population. It doesn't help pharmaceuticals. You've got a, we've got an illness maintenance system. You can't make profit off healthy people. And that showed those charts there just goes to show that being no difference and not looking at the, like you said, the rest of the body, as Kane was talking about bef before when it accumulates in different parts of the body, you, they're not studying that either because that has to have an effect on the whole um organics and, and workings or mechanisms of the body. So what's infected yeah, somewhere yeah. has to have a fly-on effect to the next. Yeah, yeah, it does. But just before we get on to that, um, the latest statistics that we have available for 2021, and that gives another figure, which is the average amount of decay for the children that have decay. So in the past, you have, you know, the uh, average number that would carries free, decay-free, then the average decayed missing or filled teeth overall. But, of course, a whole lot of people didn't have decay, so that brings down the average. And then they – but now they've also got an average of the children that do have decay, what is that at, how much are they having? And that average is um, – still there's no difference between fluoridated and non-fluoridated areas, and it's about um, – four or five fillings uh, for the five-year-olds, and then it's down to about two fillings for the year eight. But because that's an argument that the Ministry of Health, the proponents use, is they say that fluoride helps the children that have severe dental decay. It helps them not have severe dental decay. But it doesn't help them not have severe dental decay. But there are a whole lot of things that could help them not have severe dental decay, which is like what you're saying, which is healthy eating. And instead of having Coca-Cola, you have milk in the fridge. You know, instead of putting that in a baby's bottle, you only ever put milk or water in a baby's bottle. So that that's also education. But And then toothbrushing. Um, in in, the, in uh, Scotland, they brought in a program called Child Smile where they have toothbrushing, preschool and early school. And what they found is that that reduced dental decay by a lot and reduced general anaesthetics by half. So that's right. that's a serious way to do it, yeah. targeting the children that need it. But as you say, that they're not doing that. Um, 
Yeah, so that's that's sort of what I wanted to say just about the dental decay. And then, as you say, there's a whole lot more that goes into this because they're putting it in our drinking water. Yep. You mentioned milk. We actually have raw milk straight from the vat, from the cows, not filtered through anything. And I tell you what's bloody nice. Um, I've got to ask a question before we move on to the next one. Are these people deliberately stupid or are they just overly fluoridated themselves not being able to see what's right in front of them and and the damage it's actually causing again we can liken it to the jab the damage it's actually physically causing out there versus the picture they're trying to paint rosy safe and effective on tv same thing with fluoride are these people do you believe that some of the actions of these people are actually criminal in nature either one Mary first, then then came. Um, I think it's both. I think there'll be a lot of people. There's a whole lot of people that refuse to believe that the authorities could get something this big wrong. And then there's people at the top that do know. Yeah. That's and there'll be a mixture all the way through. Can you agree with it? Yeah. So just just going back to your. Um... The, the, what Mary was talking about, the Child Smile Program, because this is just an example, right? So this is one of the solutions that we push heavily and we give a little um, a little pamphlet out to all the community boards and councils that we come across, and it's the Scotland Child Smile Program and the comparison with New Zealand. Now, um, <clears throat> they're well aware of this. Now, as Mary said, there's a 50% reduction in general anaesthetics, and they accuse people who push... Wanting people wanting to stop fluoridation that that we, um, you know, in, in the extreme circumstances that we're pushing sort of um, child abuse because you know we are stopping something that is helping the um, the children, but in reality, I would argue that a fifty percent. We know that the reducing um, general anaesthetics by fifty percent, and they don't even want to go near it. I mean that that is criminal, you know, um, but in terms of um, who knows what? That is a really interesting question. And at the end of all of this, it would be really good to know who knew what because there's a lot of useful idiots out there. And Shane Ritty is one of them. So Mary had a really good clip um, at a recent National Party health um, presentation. And she did a little minute, there's a minute video of him, of, of Mary asking Dr. Shane Ritty of the National Party. Um, about you know the neurotoxicity toxicity science that's coming out, and you know why would he consider continuing to put this neurotoxin into the water supply? And he says, "You've got your science, and we've got our science." <laughs> it's just it's just incredible, you know. It's the smokers um, all over again. It's the same thing. The tobacco industry all over again. The same thing with the jab. These people are idiots. In fact, Shane Retty. We got him uh, on camera up at the when they had the hell of a protest when Groundswell had hell of a protest, and we got him on video. And he was all for taking the doctors that would not push the poison on people up in front of the medical council to censure them. What a dick he looks like now with all the science that have, that has come out completely eviscerating his um, position. Yet he they still do not back off it. And I think you're dead right. There are some useful idiots out there, but then there's those like him who should damn well know better because they have access to all the information. They can go and request it. They have access to that information. There's no way and no, no excuse, no how that they could actually say that they did not know. 
And these people, I believe, are just criminals and they need to be prosecuted. Someone needs to take charge and actually stop this madness. We're polluting the kids' brains. I don't know whether they're Arthur or Martha or whether they're going to be a chick today or a bloody boy tomorrow. You know what I mean? You've got the fluoridization to completely stump them and we'll talk about what happens um, to them in the classroom scene. In fact, let's get on to that now. Because again, facts and evidence matter and mothers and fathers, if you care about yeah. your kids, you need to look into this because if you don't want a dummy running around, that's going to be a useful idiot for the government propaganda to turn out like you've seen in the uni woke universities. You need to stop it and kick it in the butt now. So Kane, let's um, talk about the um, effects. What are the health effects on children especially? Yeah, so there are, there are many, many effects and you can find those at fluoridefree.org.nz and fluoridealert.org. Um, but one of one of the many is relating to the emerging science on human research around fluoride and IQ. Um, and the National Toxicology Program is just in the process of finalising a six-year review of fluoridation and fluoride's neurotoxicity. Um, the NTP is an interagency organisation um, within the US Department of Health, of Health and Human Services, and it's a collaboration between the National Institutes of Occupational Safety and Health which is a part of the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, Food and Drug Administration, and the National Institutes of Environmental Health Sciences. And this organization, the NTP, is basically designed to analyze, um, research, and assess um, agents uh, in, in biological effects and determine whether there's any health and regulatory um, that needs to be implemented to safeguard the public health. You know, so, um, the, you know, and the, the, there's people who have question marks around the CDC and all those organisations, but on the 4th of May and the 16th of May, there were um, there was a public meetings with the NTP, you know, running this public meeting and Florida Action Network were able to um, submit um, commentary. And so, you know, the NTP is probably one of the very few organisations that has, has integrity. And I don't say that lightly, you know, um, because they've been under a huge amount of pressure. So what So what have they done? So this is a, the top US government collaboration. It's done a review. It's taken six years. It's done two parts. It's a monograph and a meta-analysis. And basically the report concluded that the prenatal and early life exposures to fluoride can reduce IQ. Um, there's a meta-analysis reported that they used 55 human IQ studies, 52 of those, 95% consistency, showed a lowering of IQ. Now, the reduction in IQ was a seven IQ point reduction. Okay, so seven IQ point reduction. Now, that was at the high and low levels of fluoride exposure. Okay, so there's high levels of fluoride and low levels of fluoride. Now, in terms of the high quality studies, the studies that in terms of the creation, design and data, there were 19 high-quality human IQ studies. 18 of those showed a lowering of IQ. Okay, 18 out of 19 studies, wow. high-quality. Now, the best quality studies acknowledged by the NTP was the Canadian and Mexican cohort data. Okay, this was NIH-funded, National Institutes of Health-funded studies out of those two countries with those two cohort data at 0.7 parts per million. Now, for viewers, we fluoridate between 0.7 and 1 part per million in New Zealand. So this evidence is at lower, at the lower level of what we fluoridate in New Zealand. 
and, and they found that those uh, aggregate of those studies, um, a range was between a three to nine IQ point reduction and an average of a five IQ point reduction at one part per million fluoridation. Okay, so fluoride in the water. We fluoridate in New Zealand, as I said, between 0.7 and one part per million. So we have got an average of a three to five IQ point reduction across the population for those exposed to these fluoride chemicals. Actually, at that juncture, what we'll do is we'll, we'll, we'll play a clip to reinforce basically what you've just said, and we'll come back and I'll get your comment um, straight after it. But have a look at this, people. The, the overall finding was that, as you would expect, the mothers who lived in fluoridated areas had a higher fluoride concentration in their urine and a higher fluoride concentration intake during pregnancy than mothers who lived in the non-fluoridated areas. And there seemed to be an effect upon their kids' IQ. Now, this effect was only seen in boys, where a one milligram per liter increase in the maternal urinary fluoride concentration was associated with a five-point lower score on the boy's IQ. Right. And effect size, which is which, which is, is sizable. Which Certainly is sizable. On par with lead. Right, it is. And, we, and, you know, and, and in girls, they found actually a non-significant increase in their IQ. The effect size is really quite large because I think we, you know, you think about it really in terms of not the individual child so much as the shift in the curve. Right. And the, the shift in the curve effect. now being shifted to the left for boys, that's a real concern because then you look at the tails and the tails may be quite low. Right. Exactly what you said, Kane. Fluoride is the new lead. And again, studies, as you say, are now coming up. Actually, basically, all they're doing is confirming what you've known for years and you've been fighting against. I mean, I remember years ago, the uh, fluoride-free um, pushback, just like 1080. In fact, everything everyone's been trying to do um, is all proven to be correct. Every time the people realize something's not right and they've been fed a bill of goods by government, it turns out to be right later on. What we've got to start doing is listening now to save us a hell of a lot of pain and discomfort up until the point we win anyway, because we're going to win. It's just how fast can we now close that 20-year lag gap and how fast can we hold these criminals to account where someone somewhere goes to bloody jail? Yeah, just to, to, just to reiterate um, that video that was played there, that ending of it showed the basically the, um, the curve and what happens when you've got a 5 IQ point and reduction across the population is you double the number of those mentally handicapped or you know struggling so below 70 iq points and you have the number of geniuses now we've been having fluoridation in auckland as an example since 1966 so we've had three generations of this stuff you know um and and the other thing is that there are some real heavyweights coming out now and actually speaking out about it so for example um Dr. Philippe Grandjean has said, who's the mercury expert, he does the um, the work for the US EPA on mercury and neurotoxicity. He said fluoride seems to fit in with lead, mercury, and other poisons that cause chemical brain drain. Um, you've got someone like David Ballinger who's written over 400 papers on neurotoxic chemicals, including 100 on lead. It's actually very similar to the effect size that's seen with childhood exposure to lead. You know, so this is, it's really becoming well well-known and, and very well-documented now. Um, you, I mean, you can't argue with the top um, neurotoxic collaboration in the world. Yeah. 
discussing that, you know, 19, 18 out of 19 high quality studies showing there's a lowering of IQ. It's just, it's really indisputable now, you know? And of course, these scientists have nothing to gain because they haven't, they're not getting the big money. Because a lot of times, just like the jab, these people turn out the best results money can buy. It's never the truth. It's massaged to make sure that they can continue to be funded with the big grants. And yet independent scientists who have a love for science and they only want the facts and evidence and they want to follow the, the evidence to its ultimate conclusion instead of finding the conclusion and finding a workaround to get there, which is exactly what we seem to be uh, faced here with our chief scientist, who's not really a scientist. The guy's a goober. Simple as that. He needs, he's a hack. He needs to be gone. Someone needs to be put in fact, Every politician needs to be gone. All the advisors need to be gone. But I tell you what, we've got a massive clean out to do in this country. Someone better buy a big broom, sweep them all. Um, um, Calvin, yeah, Mary. Calvin, I'd just, just like to say, like in this neurotoxicity stuff, how long it's been going on for. So yeah. the first study was done in 1997, and it was um, a scientist called Phyllis Mullinux. And she often worked for industry, actually. And she was employed at the Forsyth Dental um, Clinic, I suppose is what it was. And it's part of Harvard or the Forsyth Dental School or something. She was doing research there. And what she did was um, it was state-of-the-art research where they they fed rats um, fluoride. So when they were pregnant, et cetera, you know, all through the different life stages. And then and they monitored them with a computer monitoring, so there was no subjectivity involved in it. And yeah. anyway, when she was given that job, she she sort of poo-hooed it, saying, oh, you know, fluoride's been done to death. We all know fluoride's good for you because, you know, they put it in the drinking water. That's how good it is. And anyway, what she found was that exactly the same thing as what the scientists have now found out with humans was that the the rats given fluoride prenatally. The boys, um, the boys had, oh, you wouldn't call it. The males had lowered IQ. I don't know if you'd call it lowered IQ for a Maybe rat. They were that but, dumb they couldn't um, make it through the maze. <laughs> it was dumbing them down anyway. Yeah, so that's right. That's the sort of thing they were looking at. And then with the female rats, they were affected postnatally, and they became sort of like couch potatoes. So. You know, in actual fact, if you look at you look at young people today, you could see sort of that playing out in in our society. But anyway, she so she wanted to go public with this because it was so important. And um, she, there was an interview. There's an interview with her where somebody said to her, "What if you you know do you know what you're saying to me? You're you're telling me that we're lowering the IQ of the American population." And she says, "Yeah, that that is what." That is what it is. It kind of reminds me of someone, yep, you know, that horrible <laughs> one. Yep. Um, so I hate saying that now. But um that um that that is actually what so that she was saying, yeah, that is what's happening. We will be lowering the IQ of children. So she got she got it um published and then her career was finished, basically. And that was back in nineteen ninety seven. And then, then what happened was the Fluoride Action Network in the USA, they managed to get some of the Chinese studies translated into English. So with the Chinese studies in China, they have parts of, of China where they have high amounts of naturally occurring fluoride, but they know it's a poison. 
and they take it out. They take it out as much as possible, although that's expensive to do. So they were doing a lot of research. And then in 2012, Harvard, um, some Harvard researchers, including Green Gene, they did a meta-analysis of the 27 studies that were available then. And they found that fluoride is neurotoxic, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, but that got that got pushed away by the proponents because they were saying, oh, it's only high fluoride and it's naturally occurring, so it's different than the poison that we put in the water. But they were mostly saying that that's high levels of fluoride, so it doesn't relate to us here. And so then finally we get the Mexican study in 2018 and then the one that the, those JAMA um, editors were talking about is green, and that was 2019. Yeah, 2019, I think, wasn't it, Kane? Yeah, that's right. Or maybe Bashash was 2017. But anyway, so you know, later on in, in that sort of era, we've got those those studies, and now we've just been getting more. And so now that now everybody is accepting that fluoride is a neurotoxin, except the councils, Everybody's... of course, except the councils who are still determined to push ahead and oh, they kill everyone or make them dumb at least. Uh, but that was the outgoing order, wasn't it, of old Sir Bloomfield, Mr. Um, Dr. Death himself? Yeah, that's yeah. So, so Ashley Bloomfield, that was his parting gift to the nation, um, was to basically bring in mandatory fluoridation and, and um, fluoridate those fourteen council areas. So, um, I guess what I'd, I'd also add to, to what Mary was saying is we've also got research that there's a 600% increase in ADD and ADHD from a study Riddell in 2019. And that's just been backed up two weeks ago by a another paper called Dewey 2023 that also supported that fact that there's an increase in this ADD and ADHD, you know, and we've got classrooms where kids are struggling and all the rest of it, um, but we're pumping something into the water supply that's causing them to be, you know, potentially disruptive. So, I mean, there's the IQ section of it, and then there's the other neurotoxic effects as well that's causing, you know, um, massive disruption and issues within our schools and our society. So you can, uh, you can, you can again, you can talk about the motivations and why they're doing it and all the rest of it, but the fact is, the evidence coming out now is saying that that it is happening. It's, it's quite clearly. A lot of people don't like saying it out loud. I do because it's true. Um, it's depopulation. Let's face it. Dump the stupid people down who will buy into the crap and just be, like you say, useful idiots, and they will be the ones who then attack the people who have a few brains who push back. That's how they do their little army. Um, it gives a whole new meaning or a whole new view at the eight glasses a day. Remember, eight glasses a day of water. They wanted you to have that every single day, even knowing that the science didn't support them. So eight glasses a day to make you stupid, controllable, and able to, I don't know, be gender confused when they start rolling that crap out in the schools. Like I said, someone needs to go to jail. These people are criminals. They're parasitical leeches off the lifeblood of people. And it doesn't matter what class you sit at. Unfortunately, we have classes in this country because you've got some who work their guts out just so they can afford to be broke, some who are quite affluent who have been profiting off those people who are can't afford things and fluoride is just another arrow in the quiver that's been fired against you so fluoridefree.org.nz the resources are there people 
there is no more argument. You can actually take the real science. You can then go to your local councils every single meeting and just table it. Talk to them. Get onto the website. Find out when these guys, under events, like you said, fluoridefree.org.nz backslash events, find out where they're having the um, meetings around the country. Attend them. Get educated. When when the councils start discussing this, go to the councils. Start voicing your concern. They cannot hide forever. They cannot plead stupidity or we didn't know or our advisor told us. That's the problem with most politicians in this country. They get told what to do and they just parrot it along. No one in there actually has a brain like this to be able to say it yourself. See, I don't drink water. Yeah. Yeah, and, and as you say, that people power does actually make a big difference. Yeah. So in Auckland in 2014, um, there was a protest outside the council, but also there were, we held a big meeting. We had a professor come over from the USA, and um, he was a, 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 a what was he? An environmental chemist. And um Anyway, we had 250 people turned up to that meeting and some councillors went to it. So then those councillors went back to the council and they questioned the mayor, the other councillors, um, you know, what's going on. And so it was given to the CEO to go and find out, well, what's going on? We've got all these people complaining about fluoride and we've had this professor who is telling us some really important stuff. So anyway, the CEO, his name was Roger Blakely, um, he, what he did is he wrote to the chief science advisor, at which at that stage was Gluckman, uh, the prime minister's chief science advisor. So they, him and Skeg from the Royal Society, they ended up doing this report about fluoride. Now, all they did is they did two and a, they took them two and a half bumps. And when you go into the detail of that, it's, it's it's obviously just a whitewash, you know. They're so complacent, they so think that they're right, they didn't really think they had to do any real research. So anyway, they put together this this report, but the main big glaring mistake was in their summary of um, neurotoxicity, which back then they were talking about the Harvard meta-analysis that I was talking about earlier. Yeah, They said... Um, Oh, the loss of uh, less than one IQ point is is of no functional significance. So anyway, we wrote to them. We actually did a big critique. We uh, got an international critique done. But we wrote to them straight away and said, it's not less than one IQ point. It's less than one standard deviation. Because what it is, it's, it's half a standard deviation. So... They changed that to say less than one standard deviation, but they didn't change the result, that their conclusion being of no functional significance. But a standard deviation in IQ is, is 15 IQ points. So yeah. half a standard deviation is seven and a half. And so this meta-analysis was talking about a seven IQ drop. So therefore what, what that report says, even today, says... You know, uh, uh, it seems that it's causing a drop of around half a less than one standard deviation, which is of no functional significance, i.e. it's causing a drop of around seven IQ points, which is of no functional significance, which, of course, as we've just seen, is hugely significant. 
That's an average of seven IQ points, and that's shifting the whole curve for the whole population. Yeah, but of course they've made it. When you critiqued it, they've made it sound like it's insignificant and that there wasn't really a change made, right? They say... Uh, no, it's less than you know, one standard deviation. They don't go into explain what what a massive disparate, you know, uh, irreconcilable right. difference between the two. So yeah. there's two. There's that's two parts. Mm. So there's two parts to it. One is an acknowledgement that it lowers IQ by seven IQ points by saying what they've said in terms of the half uh, um, standard deviation, right? Yeah. And then the second thing is it's a cover up. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, criminals, they need to go to jail. In fact, I don't think we've got enough police officers to arrest all the criminals that we have run in this country. Seriously. Because a lot of the cops need to be arrested as well for going along with the crap they've been pushing on people. Um, hey, that broom is getting bigger. going to have a lot of bristles on it. And, and the one study we haven't talked about, Kane, is the broadbent study. Mm. Do you want to talk about that? Is that these slides we've got uh, loaded up? Um, no, we can, oh, we can, we can go to that shortly, but <clears throat> yeah. um, you, go to, you go to those slides now if you can, um, Actually, please. If, if you want to go to the slides, we'll, we'll cover that off, and then we'll talk about their report if it ties in that way, if yep, it yep, helps people yep. to follow along. So basically what this report shows is this is um, a figure that's straight out of the NTP report, and what it shows is that there's no safe threshold of fluoride in the water. All right. So this was a meta-analysis analysis that was done, and it shows what happens as you increase the uh, milligrams per litre in the morning uh, in the in the water, as you can see down the bottom. Yeah. So what they're saying is at one point five milligrams per litre, there's a six IQ point reduction. Wow. So when we go back to point um, seven, you've got a three IQ point reduction, and if you go down the curve, you get to one. Um, milligram per litre, you get to around about five IQ points. That's why I was saying before, there's a three to five IQ point reduction on average across the population. So this is the sort of thing that we need to, you know how they say safe and effective? Yeah. We need to say we need to say back to them a nice little tagline that says, fluoride lowers IQ by three to five IQ points on average across the population. You know? So this Maybe is we can condense that a bit because it's not as good as safe as an effective, you know. <laughs> I don't think you'd be very good at marketing. Sachi and Sachi won't hire you. I'm telling you now. We yeah, could just well, say you're making people dumb, you pricks. <laughs> well, like what, what we're trying to we're trying to we're trying to actually use some um, evidence in our yeah. uh, in our. And you have you've you've, you've, you've bought the receipts. You've bought the evidence, and that's good. That's what people need to see. Yeah, so that's right. So that. Yeah, so um, that's 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 what I'm saying. So if you look at the next um, slide that we've got there, it compares lead again. So that the comparisons with lead just continue. So you'll see that sliding down, um, the IQs on the left-hand um, axis there, it's going down from about, uh, was it 97, down to about 90. Um, so it's a similar sort of chart. And this is, this is what we're saying, that fluoride's the new lead. There's a number of similarities between fluoride and lead the, the key one being that there's a four iq point drop across the population the fact that lead was basically hidden in terms of and protected um and also how they've gone about you know trying to continue to protect um fluoride all of these years is the same way that they've tried to protect um lead for all those years as well 
Wow. So I guess that sort of feeds into the Broadbench study. Now, the Broadbench um, 2015 study is this is what they use, when I say they, the Ministry of Health, use to defend all of these, all of this research, this neurotoxicity stuff, right? So they just pull this one um, study out. Now, if you go to the NTP report, they've got a breakdown of all of these studies and how good they are and high and low quality. And basically what they've said about Broadbent is that it is of low quality. Okay, so that is critical for people to understand because you're going to see the Broadbent 2015 study being rolled out in the, in the near future to, to counter all of this um, neurotoxicity stuff, the need and longitudinal data set, which is a pretty famous sort of data set, but it's the actual design of the study that's the um, important part. So what the study, the Broadbent study's done is they've used... Um, Fluoridated and non-fluoridated, uh, fluoridated area and non-fluoridated area, fluoridated, fluoride toothpaste, not fluoride toothpaste, I um, mean, other exposures of fluoride and not. But they haven't actually accumulated all of those, um, those three categories. What they've oh. done is they've conveniently left that out and they've said that mm. there is a null effect. But in actual fact, in the NTP report that lays this out, that is very, very clear that this, what they've done is actually biases um, the result to null. So effectively, they've contrived an answer that actually gives them what they want. And it's, re it's really important that people understand Broadbent 2015 because that's going to be used to defend all of these other high-quality studies, which is absolutely ridiculous. Mary, have you got anything else to add on that? Yeah, yeah. And the, and the Broadbent study... That was Mosgiel, um non-fluoridated at the time and fluoridated Dunedin. And there were 99 children in Mosgiel and then about 900 and something odd in Dunedin. So they said the non-fluoridated children's IQ, you know, was the same as the fluoridated children or the fluoridated children, the same as non-fluoridated children. So therefore, there's no neuro neurotoxical effects. But then they also said there was 136 children who had fluoride tablets. So then they compared the children on the fluoride tablets to the children not on the fluoride tablets. But, of course, what they needed to do was they needed to say which of the non-fluoridated children were taking fluoride tablets, which out of the 136 children taking the fluoride tablets, probably most of them were in the non-fluoridated area because that would make the most sense. So they needed to... They needed to account for all the exposures, and as Kane said, and the fluoride toothpaste. All those exposures needed to be accounted for, because otherwise it makes no. You haven't got a, you haven't got a true comparison. They're all getting the same dose, so no wonder there's there's no effect. Um, yeah. I also think there's another study. There's another high quality. What what was considered high quality was the was um, the Barberio study. And that didn't find an effect on lowering of IQ. So I think that that'll be another one that they'll, they'll you know, bring out as if it trumps everything else. <laughs> you oh, know, it's just yeah. ridiculous. Their one study against 18 others. But, um, uh, and also what I was just thinking about earlier was that when we're talking about, you know, IQ and ADHD, et cetera, but... When something's neurotoxic, it, it is neurotoxic. So what we don't know yet is 
is it going to be having an effect on dementia, Alzheimer's, all, all sorts of things, anxiety. Who knows? Who knows? Because the studies haven't been done. But I'll we do what, know. I'll tell you what has been point. done. I'll tell you what has been done. History has been done. And if you have a look at all the interventions, medical interventions and chemical interventions throughout history, throughout mankind, you will see a direct correlation with harm done at every juncture. Vaccinations, the same thing. You know, people say, oh, I'm not really anti-vax. I am. I don't think we need vaccinations in any way, shape or form. If we stop polluting our bloody land, our water, the aerial sprays, stop dropping shit like 1080 all over the place, stop fluoridizing everyone, stop jabbing them up the wazoo and it got and taught them how to be healthy, grow proper food and have a good lifestyle, I think you'll find we will return to being a healthy, strong species capable of bearing a healthy, strong species and not ones who are gender-confused uh, gender wondering if they're a bloody toaster or a potato. You see what I mean? And there is actual evidence to show that. There's direct correlations. Every time you increase the jab on the schedule of jabs, the children get worse. They get worse. And people say, oh, but in, in the old days, you know, they, they, they were much sicker because sanitary conditions were worse. And then, if you, of course, you look at some areas where sanitary conditions were fine and they were strong and healthy as oxes, especially the ones, the ones on the farms. The All Blacks, you know, the, the Invincibles, they were from the land. The, the Rugby was the passion that coming off the land Fit as buck rats that get out there, play the game because they were strong, they were healthy, and and their bone density and everything. They weren't like tripping over a blade of grass and having to be out with a bloody hamstring injury for the next ten years. You know what I mean? Or on bloody ACC. So um, I think we've got to get back to that. I think all the science scientific intervention has got to go. There's there are some good parts. Someone breaks the leg, sure, let's set it. But the body then needs to take over. Stop messing with the beautiful machine that the body was designed to be. Anyway, that's uh, just me again. Okay, well, I get a bit passionate about these things when the government's trying to kill you or trying to subjugate you with some sort of mind-altering substance or some bloody medical intervention. Really, really irks me, as you can tell. So what do you say, Kane? Yes, I think you're exactly right. We've been completely over-medicated, and we need to think about you know, reducing these chemicals going into our, um, our bodies and our environment. You know, So in Auckland, for example, um, there's about 400 tonne of this stuff going into the shared public water supply annually, wow. you know, 400 tonne. Holy so shit. that was down from 700 tonne a couple of years ago. I managed to speak to Auckland Council just to give another example of what people can do. The Health and Human Services put out a, um, a, reduction, a reduced amount of fluoride um, concentration to 0.7 parts per million. So I went and spoke to Auckland Council about that and actually got them to reduce the levels to, to a target of 0.7. Now people might say, well, that's not a lot of, not a lot, but actually the average at the time was 0.9 parts per million. So a drop of 0.2 actually was across the population a, a saving of one IQ point. I mean that <laughs> it sounds absolutely unbelievable, but that that was the reaction, that was the um, result of it. But also there was a drop in the amount of, of toxic waste that was going into the environment as well. So I mean, it's just got to stop this stuff, you know. And we have stopped it around the country. You know, we were doing really well from, you know, back around 2000 through to, to through to about 2016. What, what year? 16? 13, I think. 
Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So at the, yeah, yeah, that's right. Because we stopped in New Plymouth and Taranui in the far north and yep. Hamilton for a while, um, Ashburton down south. So and that's partly why. Well, that's really how come it ended up that they have brought in this mandatory fluoridation. So they removed decision making from the local councils. The National Party brought it in, and they were shifting the decision making to the DHBs. But then uh, that was in 2016. Then 2017, Labor Greens New Zealand First got in, and there was a really good New Zealand First um, MP called Clayton Mitchell from Tauranga, and he actually held back the bill from being progressed. So for those three years, 17 through to 20, nothing happened. And then in 2020, Labor got a landslide, and so they just pushed it through, and they... And then they didn't even have DHBs because they've centralised them as well. So they shifted decision-making solely to the Director-General of Health. So now the Director-General of Health can just dictate and actually has to, when you look at the legislation, is meant to look at the dental health, blah, blah, and then um, go and dictate to all the councils to, to start fluoridating. And the councils will be charged $200,000 um, and then $10,000 a day every day thereafter if they refuse. But we're going to the councils and saying, you still have to stand up. You you have been elected by the people to represent the people, and you're being paid by the people to represent the people. You're not there just to carry out the dictates of central government. And if you are, why, are you, why do we even bother having you? We'll just let the bureaucrats run it. And the other part is, is that this... This is the same as putting lead. You know, if, if the government came along and told them to put lead in the drinking water, would they do it? And if, if so what's your answer to that? Because this is what the government's asking them to do. And if they're going to do it because of this fine, then what, what won't they do? What won't they do that the government tells them? If they're prepared to put a, a chemical that is reducing children's IQ and and causing who knows what other effects. I mean, we know, we actually do know there's science for other effects as well, but this is just the, the most solid science. Yeah. Um, if they're prepared to do that, then what, what else are they? Then they're prepared to do anything, aren't they? Well, they have, though, haven't they? they they've done that. They've done that. They were, and you talk about they put it into it, the hands of one person. It's just like your um, freedom to receive and impart information. They put it to a chief censor. He decides what you can and can't see. He doesn't base it on real harm and victims, like child pornography and stuff like that creates a victim in the children. So damn right that should be out of the, out of the way. But when adults want to discuss an issue that the government is using or rallying around to push a narrative in order to curb more of your rights and freedoms, that damn well needs to be exposed and needs to be discussed. So there's a full, open and frank discussion about it. They're closing down that as well through the chief censors and their putting the hands into these cherry-picked people, hand-picked, hand-placed, and then they just roll on the agenda. And the agenda doesn't even come from our useless, good-for-nothing, laughably called honourable politicians, honourable representatives. It comes from overseas. Your Great Reset, your UN, the World Health Organization, the World Trade Organization, they dictate to these people, be member countries, they have to sign up to the rules. And I guarantee fluoridization is, a, is also... Part of Operation Lockstep that they're putting on throughout. In fact, are there any countries, just as we start closing up, 
how many other countries in the world do you know that have banned, say, fluoridization of the water, and who are or who are alternatively um, increasing it? So ninety-eight percent of European countries don't fluoridate the water supply, Calvin. So that's a, I mean, ninety-eight percent of European countries. That's a. That's huge, quite telling, um, isn't it? That's quite uh, telling. It's, yeah, it's huge. And if you look at the reasons why they don't fluoridate anymore, if you go on fluoridealert.org, you've got it. There's a good page there of all of the, the rationale. And if you read through it, sort of talking about medical ethics, um, it's talking about things like man, you know, not wanting um, compulsory medication. It's talking about, oh, we had a discussion about this in 1980. You know, it's 43 years later in New Zealand and we can't still can't even talk about it, you know. Right. Um, so there's a lot of countries that don't fluoridate. Ireland and Singapore had mandatory fluoridation, um, but it is, uh, and there are, there are a number of other smaller countries, a lot of Anglo, Anglo um, countries fluoridate, so 70% of the United States and about 70% of um, Australia, I believe. Um yeah, so th th there's this myth that the whole world fluoridates, and it's it isn't just not the case. Yeah, far out. So, do we have any closing words? Um, like I said, people, you must go fluoridefree.org.nz backslash events. Go and check it out. Go and listen for yourself. Download the resources available. Share it with your friends, and actually get ahead of this. Don't wait another twenty years till the damage is done. We've had enough of that. It needs to be bought and nipped in the bud now. So, Mary, what else do you have to say in closing? Anything else you want to announce? Anything else yeah, you want to um, tell people what's coming yeah. up? Yeah, so for everyone listening, if um, you're pregnant or know someone who's pregnant and they're drinking fluid out of water, it's it's very important not to do that, to find another source of water. And bottle feeding, definitely people shouldn't bottle feed with fluid out of water. That, the study on that shows I can nine an average of nine IQ drop, which is you know really significant. And when we talked about these averages before, of course they're averages. Some children might be losing ten IQ points, and another child maybe nothing or just one. You know, so <clears throat> um, it, it's really important to avoid fluoridated water. Um, and we have a um, a buy me a coffee fundraiser at the moment because we need money for our travels and for advertising and we want to buy child smile booklets so if people could please buy us you know we're, we're a completely non-profit voluntary organization nobody in our organization gets paid so all this money goes to that sort of thing people could please support us you know we're trying to stop the rollout of the rest of the country being fluoridated and um you know that's that's usually important thanks yeah, absolutely worth getting behind. Uh, help them with the war chest. This is a war. It's a it's a war against humanity. We've got to win it. And believe me, there are people out there fighting for you. Don't let them down. Have their back because you all the money you're currently getting taxed is being used as a weapon against you. So any ex, um, extra income you have that you can uh, dispose of without causing too much hurt, please give it to the people who are actually fighting on your behalf because it is welcomed and it is necessary. Kane. Yeah, thanks very much, Calvin. So just some information we didn't um, get to was that Christchurch is going to cost $63 million, that's estimated, $63 million to fluoridate the water supply. So in terms of, you know, wasting of money, I mean, how much is this fluoridation of the entire country going to cost? It does no benefit. It causes harm. 
and it's it's nothing but but grief is going to come from it. So, you know, there's there's the sort of financial side of things as well. And just following up on what Mary said um, around this this research is just rolling out. There was another study, Goodman, two thousand twenty three. If you're iodine deficient and you drink fluoridated water, there's a nine IQ point reduction in your offspring. If you're not iodine deficient, there's a five IQ point reduction. So there's a whole lot of these other you know, aspects around genetics and, you know, um, you know, the, the low and the high, the range of this um, yeah. is really important to understand that, you know, as Mary said, the average is just an average. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for having us on and, you know, appreciate any support that you can give us. Thank you. Yep. No, believe me, the people out there are really waking up and they're waking up fast. Don't worry about the small little group of anti-everyone's. You stand up, there's tall poppy syndrome, they're trying to tear you down. But the majority of people, believe me, they are onto it now. Even the ones who may be heavily jabbed and fluoridated, they are starting to wake up. Something in there, the cognitive reasoning is sparking and they're returning back to uh, realizing government's not your friend, councils aren't your friend. You need to replace them with real people, common sense, logic, reason, critical thought, and we can actually get stuff done and people saved in this country. And I bet um, sooner or later, the politics will change as well. I think it'll be sooner rather than later, but stand by for that. So thank you very much. Mary Byrne, Hank Titchener. Remember, fluoridefree.co.nz. Get all the resource information. .org.nz. <laughs> I had it right till then, didn't I? I had it right till then. But yeah. it's just, my brain's just so full. You know. Thanks a lot, Calvin. Thanks for having Thanks. us on. It's great. You guys are most welcome, and we'll have you on again uh, for an update as soon as you've had a few more meetings, and we'll see what the feedback's been. And uh, hopefully we'll get a lot more people traffic run into your website and then they can have you got shareable uh, information on there people can go on there click share from the page and email out to other people yeah yeah i suppose so cool if, if so good if not people download it anyway print it out and physically hand it because a lot of people prefer like me still like the old paper so yeah yeah oh, we've got thanks. really good documentaries on there that people should share even better yeah that's great thanks guys really appreciate it okay i'll be back in two seconds with my roundup, and let's play that ad once more about what fluoride really is, just to let it sink in after the discussion you've just heard. Hydrofluorosilicic acid, commonly known as fluoride, is a waste product collected from the chimneys of the fertilizer industry. This fluoride chemical also contains traces of lead, aluminium, mercury, arsenic, and sometimes uranium. It is banned from being released into the air, sea, lakes, and rivers because it is toxic to animals and the environment. Instead, ratepayers' money buys this toxic chemical handled by workers wearing hazmat suits like this. This fluoride is what goes into our drinking water. Find out the facts. Visit fluoridefree.org.nz. So there we have it. Fluoride is actually something worth being concerned about. There's a lot in this world that we're presented with that we're told we should worry about. Most of them are scams. Most of them are to set you up for a fail, for a fall, to subjugate you, to captive captivate your mindset psychological operations have been run on you daily and their most potent weapon is media that's why you should source your information from a wide range compare them and then use your gut instinct because your gut will tell you the truth not always your, not always your mind sometimes that's being manipulated but when your mind and your gut is perfectly aligned you know there's something wrong and that's about time we started questioning asking what's going on and they're holding the criminals to account and they are criminals i've said it before and i'll say it again parliament is a crime scene 
a lot of the harm and hurt that you're experiencing is because of the policies that they're pushing down from down there, right throughout its little tentacles, like your local councils, and then down through your boards. This country has been operated like a company. It has a board of dictators. They decide what's happening in the direction of the company and the little CEOs and all that sort of thing and the little management teams, they just have to parrot and get it done because we are a corporation. 1986, a bloodless coup was taken against you and we we stopped being an actual country where you had any say. Now it's a dictatorship. If you want to take that back, then do it. Do it at the ballot box. You need to politically overthrow these people. Start taking it back because you're never going to have a good life and you're all going to lose everything if you don't get onto that now. So love us or hate us, we'll keep telling you the truth until we're blue in the face. Like I said, if you like what we do, support us. If you don't, you're not watching anyway. Those of you who have a brain are watching. So thanks very much, people. We will catch you on the next episode where no doubt we'll offend some people and get some more hate mail, uh, but the rest will love us anyway. So we'll see you then. And uh, that's a wrap. Slow recovery. Virus infections, injections, connections can all leave a toxic residue. Spike proteins are the hooks on the outside of the virus that attach to your cells. Spike proteins fit like a key into these ACE receptors, unlocking cellular walls. Spike proteins are still found in the body months after an exposure, leaking from the intestine into the bloodstream, hitting ACE receptors which can disrupt normal blood and heart processes, meaning slower recovery for people who can't break them down. Spike Detox is a formula to support your body in normal functions, including detox, after exposure to glycoproteins, inspired by four everyday plant medicines, Two plants that support cells, two plants that support detox. Cell support, supercomputers predicted black seed and quercetin have molecules that fit the ACE receptor to protect it, supporting normal heart and blood and normal cell walls. Detox support. Spikes are glycoprotein. Some people can break down glycoprotein quickly. Others benefit from extra support. Pineapple's bromelain enzymes break down glycoproteins, like when pineapple juice tenderizes steak. Bromelain dissolves glycoproteins, supporting natural detoxification for people who need it. Acetylcysteine is a stable form of amino acid cysteine inspired by similar compounds in garlic, an antioxidant powerhouse shown to increase bromelain's ability to dissolve spikes. Spike Detox supports normal heart and blood, supports normal cell walls, supports natural detoxification, because not everyone is bouncing back quickly. Spike Detox is available from extralife.co.nz. Enter promo code CSM at checkout for $10 off your order, and Extra Life will make a special donation to Counterspin. Extra Life. For maximum longevity. This product is a dietary supplement. It cannot diagnose, treat or cure any disease. These herbal extracts and nutrients support your body and its natural processes to maintain a state of wellness. If you are experiencing illness or disease, please consult a health professional. You can find Counterspin, New Zealand's media revolution, at counterspinmedia.com. And now, on the InfoWars Network, at band.video.